2: well as the spacious palisade enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with america's best warranty and three years or thirty-six thousand miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get zero percent apr or up to 1500 bonus cash on the hyundai tucson now during the hyundai getaway sales event offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details
1: and welcome to it. Welcome to Inside the Yard as we roll on deeper into August for this 2021 Orioles season. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold, a couple of Orioles broadcasters. Talking shop and talking about the Orioles today on the program for our insider segment. We will hear from our friend and colleague Ben McDonald and coming up, Jeff Arnold, we will hear from Orioles right hander Spencer Watkins, who's been a good story this season.
2: Yeah, a guy that was ready to leave baseball and try something else out. He was going to be a high school coach and decided to stick with it and was pitching well enough at triple A. And now he's become a mainstay in the Orioles rotation. I mean, he's been a guy that has gone out there every fifth day and you feel like he's giving you a chance to win. That's quite a turnaround from where he was when maybe he was in the offseason trying to weigh whether or not he wanted to play baseball anymore. So I look forward to that story and uh, hearing about him, but – Yeah, hopefully he can provide some length to the Orioles as we tape this. Um, Coming off a weekend where the bullpen just had a lot of problems, but as we've seen, guys like Spencer Watkins, the return of John Means has certainly helped out this starting rotation, and the starters are helping keeping the Orioles in the game right now.
1: Yeah, they have. There's no question about that, and that's what's frustrating. We go through periods where the bullpen's been good, but obviously has to cover a lot of ground when the starters struggle. Now the starters are doing better, and the bullpen's really struggling, and actually, Jeff, I think we've seen, by and large, a pretty good approach from the offense this year. We've seen a lot of home runs in the second half. We've seen a better approach in the second half. In two of the three games against the Rays, they out-hit them and now hit them in big numbers. So that's what's frustrating right now because, you know, infield defense has gotten better, I think, this week, certainly more range and athleticism. So, um, you know, it just can't get everything on the same page.
2: I mean, they had two different games against the Rays where they scored six runs and they lost. And then you go back to the game on Sunday. Uh, it, it was, it was the eighth inning. You know, you, you, allowed 22 runs over three games by your bullpen, not by your stars, by your bullpen. And that's just a, that's a number that you can't really come back from. And on top of that, you were giving up 16 of those 22 runs in the eighth inning alone. And everybody knows how good the Rays team is when you go inning seven through nine, because they score runs and their bullpens great. And they don't give up any runs. So it was just really frustrating to watch. I mean, you're seeing just a total bullpen slump right now where it's it's not one guy, it's everybody. And there's just not a whole lot of places where Brandon Hyde can go. And you're bringing up guys from AAA who don't have a lot of experience there, who don't have very good numbers while they're up there, and they're getting an opportunity because there's just really not much of a place that he can go. And so for Brandon Hyde, you feel bad because you're kind of you're rubbing sticks together a little bit and seeing what's going to start a fire and seeing what's going to get you through it. And I don't think there's a magic formula that really anybody can employ to to figure out how to get through this. And it's just one of those frustrating trials where it's like, if you pitch well today in a leverage spot, you're going to get a chance to do so tomorrow. And it's very hard to win that way and to be competitive that way in the major leagues.
1: Before we get to Spencer Watkins, fans get all the best Orioles ticket deals in one place, including single game tickets, ticket packs, special offers and more we got you covered at the orioles ticket marketplace this is your place to score exclusive deals so check back often for the latest opportunities don't wait to purchase last minute the box office ticket prices are the same at orioles.com slash tickets to purchase
2: Experience an O's game with the convenience and privacy of your very own suite. A variety of affordable single game suites throughout the ballpark are available. Enjoy exclusive access to the game with climate-controlled interior seating, a private restroom, and comfortable outside seating. Visit Orioles.com/suites for more information.
1: Joining us right now is Orioles right-hander and starter Spencer Walk. And Spencer, thank you so much for coming on.
3: Appreciate it. Uh, couldn't be happier to be here.
1: So, take us through the last—I don't know month or two you get the call you make a relief appearance that goes well next thing you know you're in the rotation and now you're a mainstay in the rotation it's all happened so fast
3: yeah it's I mean it's been a whirlwind um (laughs) exactly like you said just to go from that call to a a quick taste out of the bullpen then all of a sudden you know I'm getting the ball every fifth day it's it's been it's been very surreal it's been the best way to explain it but um you know as we're getting more and more into this thing it's starting to feel more and more real to me and and I understand my role in my job. And, um, you know, the the honeymoon phase kind of wears off. And now it's, you know, full on, you know, let's let's put up good numbers and give a team a chance to win.
2: Take us back to when you got the word that you were coming up to the major leagues. You know, you recounted this story on a Zoom when you joined the Orioles. But what were you thinking when you got called into probably Gary Kendall's office and they were telling you, hey, you're going up to the Orioles and this is coming after an offseason where you were wondering, am I going to
3: stick to yeah. baseball? Right. So in my story is actually a little bit different. So we drove into Charlotte. Um, I can't remember what exa- it was like the 28th or 29th, something like that of uh, June. And as soon as we got off the bus, Gary, you know, pulls me aside and he's like, Hey, uh, you're going to go up to Houston. You're on the taxi squad. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like taxi squad, great opportunity. You know, we, I've seen a bunch of guys go up to the taxi squad and then come back after the road trip, you know, normal kind of thing. So I was like, okay, there's a great opportunity. So I was at, we were actually in Houston. Um, this was, I think the second to last game and I was, or no, it was the last game. Cause I was packing up my room, you know, getaway day. And I got a phone call from a Baltimore number. I didn't have, it was, and it ended up being Kevin Buck. I didn't have his number saved yet. And he was all nonchalant, you know, Hey, how are you doing? Just checking in, making sure you got all your information, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, Oh, and by the way, we, you know, we're going to select your contract today. And it, it, it truly, I, I just, I thought it was a dream in a sense. Like I, I didn't really kind of believe it at first. Um, I, don't, I don't really under, know what I said at that point, um, but it was, it was an incredible feeling. Uh, I called my parents right away, called my family or the, my wife, you know, talked to my agent and everything that, but uh, a funny story off of that is that after the game, you know, it, cause it was such, I like pretty much blacked out once I got that phone call after the game, Uh, I had this like, Oh crap moment of, did I pack my hotel room? You know, did I bring my suitcase with me at the end? It's uh, (laughs) so I'm getting, you know, done after the game, I'm running into the uh, hotel or into the lobby. And I'm just like, do you guys have my suitcase? And like, yes, we have it. So I completely forgot that I packed everything up because I was right in the middle of it when I got that phone call. So kind of a funny story there, but an incredible experience all around.
1: And you were telling me when you first got to Baltimore and you were settling in prior to the all-star break that you'd have to actually go to Norfolk during the all-star break to retrieve clothes because you didn't have any.
3: Exactly. Yeah. So when we drove into Charlotte, it was like a, it was like a six day road trip. It wasn't the normal two week road trip we had been doing. Uh, so I only had, you know, a handful of shirts and luckily I had, you know, a dress shirt on hand and I had to get a couple more things on the road, but yeah, I only had like five days worth of clothes. So uh, Tyler Wells, being the great guy he is, he drove me down to Norfolk on the All Star break, and we got a chance to to you know uh, eat some good food and get my clothes and stayed down there for two weeks at the place I was staying there, or not two weeks, two days, the place I was staying at, and came back up and had you know everything I needed. It was great.
2: So you make your big league debut against the Angels, and then you find out you're going to make your first big league start against the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> not exactly the easiest first offense to to face right. if you're making your first major league start. You throw the ball really Absolutely. well, but when you got the call that hey you're gonna you're gonna start today uh, what was going through your mind and and was that process leading up to that first big like start
3: yeah it was uh it was definitely nerve-wracking um i would, the nerves were probably higher for the first start than the debut i would think but i think that's more so because i had a little bit more time to think about it they let me know uh, i want to say a couple days prior so i knew going into a couple days before that i was going to have that start that day so I think the anticipation, the buildup has kind of made it a little bit more nerve wracking for me. But, um, yeah, it was uh, to, to have, you know, stare down the Blue Jays. It was definitely a big, uh, a tall ask. But, uh, you know, I faced a lot of those guys in the minor leagues coming up, you know, through the Tiger system. We were all, you know, those that whole Blue jay system, we've seen like we played them at every level. Um, so so I felt I had there's kind of a comfort aspect to say, OK, I faced these names before I know these guys. Um, but you know what a, what a surreal experience and moment. And I've been able to just build off that in each one going up till now.
1: Spencer, random question about the taxi squad, because it's a new thing in these last two years in baseball with COVID, but I've never really gotten a full rundown about what that is and what it's like if you're on it. So you're asked to travel with the team on the road or, and you go to the ballpark, you work out, you go through the routine and then what, what's the rest of the day? Like, are you watching yeah, the so- in uniform?
3: Right. So you're you're there for all the pre-stuff, batting practice. You go through your normal work day. Um, and then as soon as the game starts, the taxi squad is dressed out and they're bused back to the hotel. They're in the hotel for the rest of the evening. It's just to keep, you know, for protocol purposes, of course. But uh, yeah, so you go through everything the whole day from the beginning to tell game time. And once game time hits, the taxi squad dresses out and heads back to the
1: hotel. Interesting.
3: So you get up to the major leagues.
2: I, I want to ask you about you know your journey a little bit 30th round pick not a whole lot of 30th round picks make it to the major leagues and you obviously had a lot of ups and downs where you'd pitch really well when you were in the tiger system and then maybe you'd throw a great game and then you'd go down how many times mm-hmm. did you say to yourself is this ever am i ever going to make it and how many times did you get close to being like maybe it's trying time to try and do something else
3: yeah i know i think i think everybody in Professional baseball goes through these times, you know, some more often than not, and I, I kind of had that a little bit of that plague me. But um, you know, there were there were a few times where the thought was, you know, is this is this worth it? You know, is this going to be, you know, because you see other guys, maybe you know, friends back home who are starting their careers and are you know doing really well, maybe financially and things like that, where you're kind of from the outside looking in. Um, sure, I think I think and I think everybody has a, a certain limit to where. That thought starts to creep in, and um, you yeah, know, yeah, honestly, that thought did kind of creep in maybe once or twice over my career after you know certain years were not going the way I had planned, and you know things were getting moved around and frustration and things like that. But um, you know, I've had a lot of really great support from my parents, my wife, you know, things like that that have just kind of been able to say, hey, you know, whatever does happen, you know, we got your back, you know, we'll figure this out, and allowed me to just kind of continue to push forward. You know, and with with a lot of odds stacked against, um, but you know, the support system I had definitely helped push me through a lot of those bad times, and you know, I, I can't thank them enough. But you know, I just had something in me just said, you know, you can't stop, you can't keep, you can't give up, you can't, you got to keep going. And then, not to mention my teammate who had passed Chase Numata That was his big saying to me too: is keep going. That's just all he'd say. So you know, when he would catch me, so. Um, you know, little things like that kept me going, but definitely battled against that, as I think any minor leaguer wanting to be a major leaguer does.
1: And Spencer, is this the best version of yourself right now on the mound that you've been in your professional career, both stuff-wise and presence and everything else that goes into pitching? Uh,
3: yeah, I think so. I think my career and my path led me to where I'm at now. I, I don't, you know, there's there's parts of me where I look back and I think, you know, maybe maybe with the Tigers, I wasn't ready in a sense. And finally this, you know, everything building up till this year and, and what they've been able to do with me in this organization, starting from spring training to now, you know, maybe that was what it took to put me in the position to compete where I'm at right now. So I do think I think right now is one of my best um, versions of myself and I can always keep getting better. So that's, what's been really exciting is can I, you know, how much can I continue to build on this and keep working Um, but yeah, right now I think where I'm at is, is a great position for myself.
2: How much has the cutter impacted how you've been able to go about your business in the big leagues and how, how much of a difference has that pitch made on your career?
3: Yeah, it's, it's been huge for me. It's been, you know, what what some would call my bread and butter, um, being able to learn how to control that. And, and, you know, I, I, when I was working on it, I always thought, okay, this is a good pitch, but a good pitch is a good pitch, but you know. If you can locate it, that's what makes it even better. And that was something that I'd tried to really pride myself with that pitch is how well can I locate this? And that's what something that Holmes and Holti have been really great with working on. You know, how can I harness that to the best of my abilities? And we've made a ton of strides. So the cutter has been a big piece for me. And, and it's given me an opportunity to expand my horizons as a pitcher. You know, and, and you know, we've talked about north, south, east, west pitching in the past, but, uh, you know, it allows me to be East West when my strength is North South. So I can kind of toy with hitters uh, on a sense of what their plan is. I can combat that with more than just one or two extra pitches. So it gives me, it opens up, opens up everything for me. And it's, it's a, it's a huge piece for me.
1: Spencer, it's time now for our fun five baseball questions. Are you ready? Absolutely. What is your favorite baseball movie? Um, probably major league. What was your high school senior year ERA? Oh,
3: geez. I think it was like a 27 through three innings my senior year. I wasn't, I was a pitcher until like basically college.
1: Wow. What uh, was your batty average?
3: Uh, I think it was like 500, but I had two ABs.
1: So what happened? You hurt your senior year of high school?
3: No, so I was a catcher, outfielder all the way leading up and then my senior year uh they were like we don't really have much room for you as, as a catcher or an outfielder but we like your arm as a pitcher and I just had never pitched so they rarely used me so I threw 3 innings and then had to walk on at a junior college after that.
1: Now that even adds more intrigue to the story. So so yeah, so,
3: right. so West so Western Oregon was that where they
2: taught you how to pitch? Like how does that process go of, of learning how to
3: be a pitcher? So so out of high school, uh, the head coach I had in high school, Eric Kidler was, a, he's a really well-known Arizona coach and he's great with pitching. And so he kind of, he had an idea had a good arm. And so he was like, well, let's get you a foundation pitching. And I pitched when I was younger in little league and stuff. And I had, you know, some, uh, like arm soreness and other things like that, that I just wasn't when I was younger, I was like, oh, I don't really want to pitch. I don't like when my arm hurts but then I found out, you know, I had a good arm. So my high school coach set a good foundation with mechanics and starting to work on stuff. And, you know, I can throw hard, but I couldn't throw a ton of strikes. So I didn't get used a whole lot. And, um, so that was where that started. And then I went to, uh, Glendale community college. One of my high school coaches had a connection there and said, Hey, this kid's got a great arm, you know, bring him over and see if we can, you know, if he can compete for you. And so I went over there threw a bullpen and probably the best bullpen I had ever thrown up till then. Thank God. And, uh, was able to walk on there and the pitching coach there, his name was Mike Palmer. Um, he was great and huge in my development and teaching me how to, you know, just what pitching is and, and learning how to control myself and my body and all that and and be an athlete on the mound. And so um, he definitely set a great foundation and then even more so at Western Oregon, coach Mike McInerney. He helped me a ton and obviously really helped me, you know, take that next step. And then, of course, all my coaches in Detroit. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of had I was lucky enough to have great coaches kind of segue themselves into each one as I got, you know, better and up the ladder.
1: More intrigue into the Spencer Watkins story. Uh, Our third question, most influential baseball person in your life?
3: Most influential baseball person in my life. Oh, man, that's tough. I try and take so much from everybody. Um, oh, that's Yeah, that's a tough question to put me on the spot for one person. It's kind of like what I was saying. I, I, I've, All those coaches. I've, I valued, yeah, I valued every bit of what a coach has told me. I've always, you know, whether that's from starting with my parents and, you know, my dad was my initial coach. So, I mean, I guess you could say my, my father.
1: <laughs> that's always a good answer. Uh, yeah. Favorite minor league city to play or visit?
3: um ooh. charlotte was pretty incredible that stadium is beautiful um i'd probably have to say charlotte that's definitely been the, the more uh incredible minor league system my name,
1: name one talent or hobby you have outside of baseball
3: talent or hobby i have outside of baseball um jimmy rigging things you know, like I'll just kind of, if something needs like fixed, I'll just figure out, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to go to school for engineering. So that's always been I'm very ingenuitive. So like, uh, you know, I, in the off season when I was doing lessons, I didn't have any, you know, local mounds. So I just got some wood and didn't even drop a blueprint just built them out So your yeah, hand is stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So things like that. That for is just such Jimmy a Reagan skill and building. an asset. Yeah. So <laughs> things I've like that, I guess
1: once or twice for my wife that I am the opposite of handy i am very <laughs> not handy in fact i can't do anything but a good handyman join is the c-
2: join the club brett <laughs> yeah
1: there's nothing more valuable than a good handyman or person uh spencer Walkins, we really appreciate it congratulations on uh, your start to your big league career and, and the call and everything that's gone with it so uh we're looking forward to watching you keep pitching
3: yeah no i appreciate you guys having me on i appreciate y'all's support and it's been a lot of fun
1: Time for our insider segment with Big Ben McDonald. And, Big Ben, you've watched a lot of ball in your life and you've Mm. played a lot of ball in your life. And listen, I've seen some pretty bad bullpens in my day. And this is not that what we've been watching as we record this on a, a Tuesday, August the 10th. There's some serious talent out in that Orioles bullpen. And we've seen that talent for much of the season. But this recent run of games, and the feeling of, I've seen this movie before. I don't have ever seen that. And I think what is frustrating about it is we know their talent. We know the talent's there. We know they're talented young arms. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's it's a, you can call it what you want to call it. I call it a slump. I mean, that's what they're in right now. And it is something that I've never witnessed. You know, how, when you talk about Dylan Tate, talk about Cole salser Paul Fry, guys that really since the All-Star break were pitching as good as they have all year long. And then all of a sudden, With no signs coming at all, they just all three hit a wall at the same time. Now, Solskjaer's been a little bit better than Fry and Dylan Tate have, but still, it's very strange or very weird that the dudes you really count on at the back end of your bullpen, all three kind of go bad at the same time. And this is, if I'm not mistaken, this is four straight games in a row. The Orioles have, I think, been ahead in two, tied in one, and within striking distance in another, as we got to the latter part of the ball game, and all of a sudden – The lug nuts get loose, they pop off, the wheels come off, and it gets ugly in a hurry. So that's kind of where it is right now. And it's not like it's your bridge guys, you know, that you're trying to bridge to get to the back end of your bullpen. These are your dudes. This is what you have in your bullpen right now. And so I know it's frustrating for Brandon Hyde. I know it's frustrating for everybody involved, including the players out there, but look, It's where we are right now. I don't think there's a whole lot of options like, okay, we're going to send some guys down and bring some guys up. I don't think the Orioles have that right now. So you got to fix what you have. I'm sure they took the off day yesterday to break down some film, some footage, some mechanics, whatever you will, to get these guys going again. Because as you said, Brett, these are good relievers. These are guys that have shown this year and even last year that they're good enough to get some guys out. So hopefully they get the Orioles figured out pretty good. They get it figured out. Because I feel like the starters – Right now for the Orioles, which has been a big problem all year long, have really been solid, you know, since the All-Star break. So it would be nice to see them kind of get it all on the same page.
2: Ben, I want to get back to the starters in just a little bit, but I wanted to ask you about Dylan Tate. You know, if you go back to that game, final game that the Orioles are in New York, he has an incredible sequence to Aaron Judge. He strikes him out on three pitches. And then from there, walk and then problems ensue. He can look so good at one stretch Mm -hmm. and sometimes even part of an inning and then lose it from there. How does he become more consistent? Because he's probably got the best stuff of anybody down in that bullpen.
0: You, you know, it seems like we say this about several of the Oriole relievers. You know, we, we talk a lot about Tanner Scott, you know, same thing. It's like he could be the best reliever in baseball one game. The next game, it's like he has trouble finding the strike zone. I think Dylan Tate is a lot the same way. And I think one thing, Jeff, is they got to start to trust how good they are. And, and it always starts, you know physical for me when you talk about mechanics and then it becomes mental and you think well i messed up i gave a couple of bases because mechanically i wasn't gonna left some balls up where it shouldn't have been then you start trying to be physically or mentally you start getting in your head a little bit thinking i gotta be perfect i gotta be perfect Dylan Tate does not have to be perfect his stuff we have seen it is so good he's it's a mid to upper 90s fastball with some sink and run to it that i wish i would have had when I played and a lot of other guys too, It's stuff that you really can't teach. He's got a good slider too, and he shows a really good changeup as well. So I think for those guys, it's about hitting the reset button. It's about trying to figure out, okay, let me go back and study some film because if I've done it before, I can do it again. And something is just off right now mechanically, and I have to fix those mechanic things. And I think that's kind of where Dylan Tate is. I think it's where Paul Fry is too, as far as where his mechanics are, being able to command the strike zone, but listen. This is no secret in baseball. The guys that can command the stuff that they have that are consistent with what they have are the guys that have long careers in the big leagues. The guys that struggle and go back and forth are the guys that you'll see on a shuttle bus up and down from AAA. They can't quite figure it out. But I think these two guys, when you talk about Tate and um, and, uh, and Paul Fry, are quite capable of figuring it out. And I think they're going to be big pieces for the Orioles down the stretch here.
1: Yeah, you just can't give up on a Tater or a Tanner Scott and I'll throw in Hunter Harvey and and, you know, honestly, a big problem right now is no Tyler Wells, because I think he just has kind of a different look to him when he gets the ball late in games, but you can't give up on it because that stuff doesn't grow on trees. And when you have something like oh, that, agree. you really have to run its course until you really say we've tried everything. It's not working because that's rare, rare stuff. And the last thing you want to see is one of those guys in a different uniform closing on an all-star game or something like that. No doubt. And and look, these guys are in their prime age wise, physically,
0: they're in their prime. And when you see the arm strength that, that, that Tate can run out there and Tanner Scott can run there, and let's not forget about Jorge Lopez. I mean, it's the same reason why Jorge Lopez continues to get opportunities, too. And I'm so happy about his last two starts, by the way. But, no, you can't give up on these guys because you see it. Like, it flashes. It's there. It's just a matter of can you figure it out, you know? Can Holti figure it out? Can he help him out? And can these guys help themselves out? Because I really think that they'll figure it out the more innings they get the more experience they get, the more times they run out there in those types of situations, I think they will start to figure it out. We want it to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen tomorrow, but I think it's in there for those guys. And if it's me, I'm like you, Brett. I can't give up on those kind of arms.
2: I know Chris Holt's probably trying to get them to figure it out. And I'm sure for Darren Holmes, it's the same kind of deal. But how much of a difference does it make that you don't have somebody down there like a a Richard Blyer type? Like you don't have somebody down there who's a veteran big league reliever. Maybe somebody that, that isn't an all-star, maybe somebody that doesn't have eye-popping numbers over a long stretch of time, but just somebody who's a solid big league reliever who has been in the game for a really long stretch, who can kind of coax along the young guys. Because, I mean, we looked down at the bullpen the other night, and you're looking at multiple guys who had made major league debuts in the same week, and everybody's trying to figure it out, and everybody's kind of looking around because there's not yeah. a whole lot of big league time in that group down in that bullpen.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, it always helps to have a veteran reliever in that bullpen, a guy that younger guys can bounce some things off of. That helps so much, just like it helped when I had a veteran starter in Rick Sutcliffe on the bench with me, and we could sit there and talk in between starts when he wasn't starting and I wasn't starting, and we could bump things off of each other. Like, okay, when you start to go bad mechanically, you know, this is where I, this is what I try to do to kind of fix it. And Those things are so valuable. The the one good thing the Orioles have on there is Holmesy. And you guys know Darren Holmes is as good as anybody. That was his job. He was a reliever for so many years at the big league level. And so I think he is very valuable to the young guys down there. But still, he is a coach right now. And it's better than having nothing. And I think he's wonderful and he's helping out a bunch. But it would be great to have a veteran reliever down there, too. Another guy you could bounce stuff off of. The Orioles don't have that right now. They're forced to grow up in a lot of ways and it's baseball you know and and jeff we've talked about this before you know it's kind of you do or you don't you know and and there are no excuses at this level i mean this is professional baseball this is the biggest level of baseball we play it's the best baseball players in the world and you can't make excuses anymore i mean it's about listen we're going to go out we're taking the gloves off we got to take the gloves off these guys at some point and say can you perform do you fit into our future in two years from now when we're going to be a solid team and we're going to be able to go out and compete especially in three years from now, every day in the American League East, do you fit? And this is, again, a wonderful opportunity for a lot of these players, whether you're position players, relievers, or starters, to go out. Show me what you can do right now because the Orioles are coming. We're getting better,
1: and we want to know who fits into our future. Big Ben McDonald, we appreciate so much. Thank you, and we'll see you at the ballpark. Yes, sir. Look forward to it.
2: Hey, Birdland, the bird is back and ready to make a special appearance at your next event. Add some Orioles magic to your birthday celebration, wedding, or corporate party by booking the bird today. Proceeds benefit the Orioles Charitable Foundation. Book your bird appearance today at orioles.com slash bird.
1: All right, Jeff, good stuff from Spencer Watkins and Ben McDonald. Now, this podcast drops on a Thursday. Tonight is the first ever Field of Dreams game, and there have been a lot of good ideas in baseball this to me is just brilliant. And I'm so excited about this game, Jeff. And I've loved the Williamsport game where they actually had the big leaguers play at the famous little league venue. Uh, we've seen a, a game on military bases, but this is one of the more iconic movies ever baseball or any other genre of movies. And it's uh, it's just amazing. They're actually going to have a major league game uh, between the white Sox and Yankees tonight, as we drop this and, I just think it's going to be an amazing all-around all production.
2: People will come, Ray. People <laughs> will most certainly come, and they'll most certainly watch. As I'm, I'm so excited to see this game, and it's drawn so much attention, and it's so cool, and it's a movie that is iconic. I, I think it's not just a baseball movie. I think it's a movie about Americana, and I think that's, no question. that's why people are so connected to not only this movie, but this idea, this game, and it's going to be great.
1: And I can't wait to see the, uh, who, the who's who that's going to be there. I'm going to guess we'll have Kevin Costner there, Ray Liotta, among others. Well, I'm sure there'll be some sort of vocals from James Earl Jones. And uh, it is one of my all-time favorite movies. There's no question about it. And I think you're absolutely right. It's Americana and there's a certain connectivity to our past. And I think that's a great thing to think about in America right now. And it's obviously a movie about family and a father and a son and and you know, what really matters in life. So it's uh it's gonna be a special night and i think it's one of baseball's best ideas and i hope it's not a one-off if everything goes well tonight uh between the yankees and the white sox so we'll be checking that out later we'll give her our full uh our our full rundown of it next week on inside the yard but uh thank you uh to spencer Watkins and ben mcdonald for jeff arnold i'm brent Halder. thanks for joining us inside the yard